Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. I got sick and tired of blowing money on trainings and coaches giving me advice that just weren't helping me move past my blocks and be successful in my business and shine the light that I was created to shine in my life. So I made a decision. Are you ready to make a decision? Would you like to stop blocking your own path to success and fulfillment? Maybe you want to gain the confidence to overcome life challenges yourself. You are in the right place if so. We welcome you to listen to this week's discussion. Did you miss a week? You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. To get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. It's time to dive in and let's get to work. And now, let's meet the rest of the team. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Julia Cologne from the city that never sleeps, New York City. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello, and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino, and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Aloha, and welcome. You're listening to Soul, your host for Penny What I'm Worth Talk Radio. Team Clarity members share their class time with us for two main reasons. Reason number one, they want those they hold near and dear to know about the changes that they're making on multiple levels. As they change, by listening to these classes, people who know Team Clarity members may opt to change along with them. Reason number two, to share their stories with you. I bet their stories and life lessons will inspire all sorts of ahas for you, too. Okay, time to start the class. Wow, Patty, it sounds like you've had a a culmination with this exercise of really looking at your finances and relationships and really starting to see some patterns. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) I am. And I don't know, after coming home from work last night, bawling my eyes out because I'm sick of this girl bullying me. And I'm sick of not allowing myself to stand up and be that person that I know I can be and always climbing back into that damn shell, that shell of fear. I think that that's a great point that you've recognized and you have some consciousness and awareness. Let's let everybody check in. And I'm certain that this conversation will wrap back around and we can speak to that. Sound good? My week was realizing that I am getting older. It's funny because the last few months, I didn't even realize what day it was. To the point I didn't even remember how old I was. Left my job and when I was working, I was always looking at how old I am and, oh, thank God it's Friday or Wednesday. I got two more days to go before I have one more for work. And so I was very conscious of the time, how much time I had in order to retire. So now I'm at the point where I didn't even remember how old I was until I got a call from my daughter. I got a few things that reminded me of the time. And my daughter met someone, and she would like for me to meet him. She's pretty much living with this person. It floored me because I was like, I remember when she was a baby, flashback like my worst nightmare came i encouraged her and i told her that i'll always be here for her and that so soon we're going to be having a nice dinner and i'm going to make sure that my husband is there my brother's there and i have the support that i need that was my aha moment was realizing that i am getting older okay this week for me has been really quite interesting because i just started last Wednesday. I started with our second class. Just for a spot of context, you mean your second class with Captain and your Penny, what I'm worth Is that what you're saying? Yes, with my new team. And I was working on my timeline, and what really popped out to me as I viewed my timeline is that I realized this was not something I realized then, but Now I'm seeing it, that I had really been foolish so many times with money. If I had the money that people owed me, it would be in the thousands. I was just so trusting of people 
to pay me back. Literally, I allowed myself to be discounted that way. Because when I came to Boston, of course, my situation was not strong financially. I tell you, I looked at that and I said, wow, I really, really should have been more wise back then. And really, this past week, we did talk about in my new class called the Team Seekers, we did talk about contracts and agreements and what is the difference between expectation and agreement. And so it really made me take a look at the pattern I had back then. And part of that, I realized, is because of my belief system that to give is always better than to receive. And I took on that belief system. And today, I'm looking at that and saying, wow, I wish I had learned back then more about the difference between expectation and agreement. Cue the eerie, eerie noise, eerie sound, like eerie, scary music, eerie sound. It seems like we have a theme of worse decay popping up, soul dancer. Kelsey, why don't you give us a quick check in, and we're we going to get on this because it seems like it's wanting to come out. <laughs> <laughs> this week I was thinking about working on my timeline. I started in the water cooler using Ericsson stages of development. I knew and I was reminded that the stage that I pretty much became stuck in was the stage when you're four to five years old, initiative versus guilt, because this is when I started being molested. I've realized that my ability to disassociate is almost like a gift. (laughs) Most of my life has been spent disassociating. And that was a big aha for me because a lot of times when you disassociate, I wasn't really dealing with what I needed to deal with, which was the actual events that led up to where I am now. What I've noticed since doing Pay Me What I'm Worth, I'm able to better look at things without that disassociative illusion over it. And it's pretty good because I'm able to look at people and say, "Uh, nope, not doing that. No drama, not my circus, not my monkey. I don't have a problem at all saying that now. Christina can attest to that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> sometimes to the extreme, I think. It's been a good experience. And I've used Erickson's ideas before in papers and things like that. But I don't think I had ever sat down and related those stages to me. So it's pretty eye-opening. Woohoo! Good stuff. Good stuff. I guess that means I'm I'm left, right? Oh, they got short and sweet. I have this huge chunk of like I don't have any information. I have nothing. Which has Chelsea, you know, I've often talked to you about your ability to live in fantasy world, like Chelsea world is in yep. to have this facade going on. Well, I'm calling myself out, my dear. I have a greater skill at that than I thought because the the timeline really revealed to me that I have huge chunks of time where it comes to money, relationships, and every category that I have nothing to put down. And that's why I started thinking about that, and I realized I, I'm blank because that's when stuff started to get too hard, to hurt too much. It was too much for me to deal with, so I just suppressed it. And I was having this need to put in a picture of a person with their head buried in the sand because that's what I felt like for basically most of my life. And so really it helped me enlighten me to why not just leave it blank? Why do why do I feel the need to put a picture there? So let's go ahead and get into the conversation. That was my big uh huh. So we've got a lot of themes going. We've got work decay themes. We've got themes of Marsha that was a powerful one with realizing how much you've allowed yourself to be taken advantage of in the past, and you're now recognizing where your boundaries are, and that won't happen again. Julia, with the age, recognizing you can't do some things that you used to do, but there's still that theme of worth decay in there. So, Sol, I'm going to throw it over to you, and how do we want to get into this conversation today? Isn't it amazing what putting stuff down on paper does? Hmm? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all in your head, right? Oh, don't. I'm concentrating here. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> it's all bumbling. Now, 
Do you see how this worth timeline shocks the hell out of your judge, your critic, your controller, your perfectionist? And Christina brought up another one that we haven't really talked about much lately, but I have a sneaking suspicion it's equally as vocal in the chaos committee as all of them. And that little voice is known as the pleaser. Mm. Anybody got pleaser voices going on in their head? Mm. Yeah. My daggum committee is ridiculous. They just all just over, they're just all overbearing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still the pleaser to the people that are closest to me because I like being that person with them. But for others who are on the peripheral, mm mm-mm. That's drama. I don't do that. What potential does the pleaser play in completely unbalancing your entire process? I think the pleaser brings guilt. A lot of it works off guilt. The pleaser is always operating off of the perception of everybody else's perceptions and of what their needs are and everything. So it has the potential of making you forget in the moment what your boundaries are and what your worth is. Totally throwing out your own values to please someone else. I agree with Christina. It brings on additional stress. When does the pleaser go into high court? I'll give you a hint. Holidays. Oh, yeah, gift buying. Mm -hmm. Uh, Showing up at an event that you know you need not show up at because the people there, they do nothing but that hurt you, shame you, devalue you, you don't enjoy it, it's too stressful, like you're sick the entire time, and the pleaser makes you show up because you don't want everybody to be upset that one member of the family is not there. To actually beat up on is really what it is, (laughs) for you to be the punching bag. (laughs) Christina, you just dealt with the pleaser a couple weeks ago, yeah? Yep, I did. I made the decision that I wasn't going to invite my parents to the house because I needed that weekend to be calm and peaceful. And much of the chaos that I was feeling in my life during that week was centered around my parents. <laughs> so I decided they could stay at home and keep their chaos with them. <laughs> so if we were to put like a sine wave, peaks and valleys, if you were to take your timeline out and focus just on the pleaser's role in your life and you were to Chart out on your timeline when the pleaser is most busy and least busy. What would that look like? I think it would show a lot heavier during holidays, birthdays, everything, Christmas. I think my pleaser would come out in general with family. Yes, it it would come out in family for me too. For me, it's really coming out right now with my volunteer work in the community. I've noticed that I've had to say lately to them, I'm sorry, I can't do that. I can't do everything because our volunteer group is so small. We need to actually get more people involved in helping out. If I don't put that limit there for them, it will be, all the work will be dumped on me. So Rock on, Martha. Rock on, girl. What feeds the pleaser? What's the food to pleaser? I'll give you a little hint. I want to be loved. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Have you begun to feel yet? The more you're falling in love with yourself. I'm making an assumption here that you're falling in love with yourself all over again as you take this journey with each other, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. As you're falling in love with yourself, have you found yourself struggling with saying yes to your balance? Not struggling. I found it much easier. Mm-hmm. I agree. The word no has never been so prevalent in my life. <laughs> <laughs> And I love it. <laughs> so, Christina, your rewiring is taking hold. 
you're beginning to realize that you can rewire, that balance is healthy, that you can say no to people without going, oh, crap, if I say no, the pleaser is going to have a hissy fit. Mm-hmm. But more importantly, I can say it to myself, that used to, the, when that situation would come up, the, the guilt would automatically pop up. And now, in those moments, when I do find myself feeling guilty, I'm like, oh, no, okay, this is crazy. You're going to be the one sitting there tied in a knot, sick at your stomach, stressed out, exhausted, feeling hurt, feeling unappreciated, while everybody else is off laughing and being happy. Nah, chick, it starts with you. You're going to love you today. Exactly. Remember how we talked about doubt, guilt, shame, and worry having really deep roots? Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. As I, I, I put that yeah out there and you're all nodding your heads, I wish I could record the nodding of your heads on the audio call so that the people listening to the show are going, no, they're not agreeing with him. They're probably, I hope they're nodding their heads. <laughs> <laughs> Making the assumption that doubt, guilt, shame, and worry have deep roots and the timeline helps you expose those roots, right? Yes. Right. Right. As we're exposing those roots, are you beginning to see how they have flavored so much of what you thought you knew? Yeah. Did that question make any sense? Yeah. yeah you, I was on a hangout earlier this morning, and I said something in the moment. And after I got done saying it, I was like, huh, I didn't even realize this. But doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. You know how when you're a little kid and you learn how you're taught how to read, but, but first you got to learn the alphabet, then you learn the phonics, like what makes an ah and, and an A sound, those kind of things. This morning, it hit me that doubt, guilt, shame, and worry were the alphabet learning phase of my love language to myself. Wow. Wow. I know, right? It like just hit me. <laughs> But it, those were the foundations of my self-love language. I'm going to remind you that last time we talked about the notion that my goal with the, with the timeline is for you to really dig up your soil, really dig it up so that you can spot those weeds and you can spot the roots of those weeds because in a couple of weeks, we're going to get out our crystal ball. We're going to start planning a decade's worth of life. I have this silly notion that if I'm not conscious of how doubt, guilt, shame, and worry have so integrated itself into my life, if I'm completely oblivious to it, there's a high likelihood I'm going to plan the continued growth of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry in my life. True or false? True. Can you repeat that question, So. Yeah. The more conscious I become, of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, and how much it's been ingrained in me, the more awake and aware that I am of it. When I make my plans, I'm more conscious of releasing doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. So far, so good? Yes, yes, that's true. If I'm still unconscious to what I call the fine roots, if I'm still unconscious as to how I'm operating out of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry through the judge, the critic, the pleaser, the perfectionist, because I just really haven't looked at it. I've not given myself permission to look at it. My dear ladies, I'm giving you permission in a safe way on your timeline to look at yourself in a compassionate, gentle, kind way. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yes. And if you continue to apply the ground rule of being an explorer versus an analyzer, come on, get real. If you cut your analyzer loose on your timeline, what would happen? You would start feeling doubt, guilt, shame, and worry and go back into your old pattern. Mm-hmm. You aren't willing to take a deep look. That's when it wouldn't mm-hmm. It would be too overwhelming the emotion. Wouldn't every item on your timeline, let's say you had a hundred items on your timeline within minutes, wouldn't the analyzer have a thousand? And then an hour or two later, 10,000? And a day later, a hundred thousand more items chattering away in your head? True or false? True. 
Good season has gotten through it. Oh, my gosh, Marsha, that was so good. Because I know that when we first started, when we first started talking about the timeline, when I was talking about the finances and how I just didn't even have records and everything, that I became so, my analyzer totally took, took over, and I almost wasn't even able to take another step to doing the, the timeline because I was like, I shouldn't be at this place in my life. I should be financially free. I should be making more money at this point in my life. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, that was good, Marsha. For me, I'm really happy that I did this timeline, and I really let myself go with it. As I went through it, I realized that, wow, I had some things that I believed back then that I went, why did I believe that? That's crazy. It's kind of made it free for me to just explore more because I see that, I don't believe some of those things that I used to think before. So it's kind of good because I don't analyze it. I don't have to. I just realized as I'm going through my timeline that I had thought this way one time, and now I don't feel this way anymore. It's just exploring it, exploring what, looking at what you remember happening at the moment and then realizing that, wow, there is a belief there that you held, and all of a sudden, you see it in a different way because today... There's that you again. You don't feel that way. What is this you we're talking about? Oh, sorry. Today, <laughs> I don't feel that way. <laughs> With the timeline, I can honestly say when I was doing it and focusing on the relationships that I've had, it was something that I didn't want to do. I was very hesitant to do it because I seem to remember the bad instead of the good. So when I realized that, I, writing down the relationships that I've had, I focused on the good aspects of the person. And that way it helped me go through the process of the timeline. It just gave me a different perspective on the value of relationships and the relationship that I've previously had. Because I didn't want to focus on the bad stuff. I wanted to focus on the good when it came to the relationships. I've learned a lot that I wasn't even aware of through the relationships, which was trust and intimacy and friendship and, and things that I was grateful for instead of the things that I didn't like about that person or having to remove them from my life. That's profound, Julia. I think it's interesting. And Patty, I think that you can really offer some really great insight on this too because you chose Julia, to look at the positives and see what you can learn from those positive aspects of a person rather than focusing on those negatives. It helps in the now because I realize what I want in a relationship, in a friendship with my family members. When I respect that aspect of it, they're going to respect that too because it's a boundary that I've set for myself. And I'm not going to please someone just to please them. It can't be half a circle. It has to be a full circle. And the respect has to come in that. And and I learned that through this timeline. You're bringing in flavor here. So, Patty, let's bring you in on this conversation about relationships because that was very prevalent in your check-in. And Julia's brought up something interesting. Ladies, let's talk about the perspective of what history brings us. Can, in fact, history be a tool for our growth? The childhood that I came from and the different things that have always been said to me from my husband, my father, going on down the line, not allowing yourself and totally building up walls to where you don't allow yourself to trust. So therefore, when somebody good does come in your life, you're not willing to see the good qualities. You're only looking at, okay, but what if, what if, what if, what if, that what if there and, and that lack of security within yourself. I'm really focused right now on this relationship timeline because I've tried so hard to figure out why I can't make a relationship work, why I don't allow myself to have friends, and just basically different things that I do in my life. And it does. It comes down to that trust, but yet that self-security. So, in fact, ladies, would you say that this timeline isn't, just about relationships with money and relationships with others and but in fact at the at the core of this this timeline is about our relationship with ourselves yes yes absolutely yes, it is. absolutely it is. yep so 
Patty, you bring up a really good point there. I don't think that we should gloss over because you were talking about trust and relationships. Julia alluded to it in your comment, too. If, in fact, our timeline is a reflection of our relationship with ourselves. First, learning yes. to trust and believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Okay. The root of this, if I can't trust me, then I don't trust other people. I'm right. always going to be looking at other people with a suspect eye, right? Yes. I blogged about the fact that living in a disassociated life, I was a saboteur to pretty much every relationship I've ever had. I sabotaged my marriage. Granted, I got married really, really young. I loved him as much as I knew how. But I also knew that if I did certain things, it would push him away. And if I did certain things, it would end the marriage. And it's almost like I couldn't stop myself from doing those things. I was one of the big reasons the marriage failed. He takes some responsibility on some of that, too. I have to say that throughout almost all my relationships, pretty much all of them, I either set myself up for failure or I have fought it, fought it, fought it to the nth degree. And I have to say the relationship I'm in now is the first one that I don't feel like I need to sabotage. It's a pretty good place to be. Because I had unrealistic expectations. I wanted Norman Rockwell. Because I didn't have that growing up. Nowhere near that. Me wanting the normal Rockwell, white picket fence, blah, 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 was my expectation. And when I didn't get that, I sabotaged it severely. That's not a nice thing to know about yourself, but that's the way I've lived most of my life. Here's something, an uh, interesting thought that I just had, because it's an interesting that in your history, you found these things as parts of the relationship that didn't feel good, that you didn't like. And so, there was a choice made to retreat mm-hmm. throughout the rest of your life from relationships that may have that you may have perceived to be like that, from situations that you may have perceived to be like that, even from yourself. I know I personally have made decisions to retreat from myself, to isolate myself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When we think about our timeline. We think about the decisions, like over the years, the decision to retreat. Then we'll retreat something that can teach us so much because it doesn't feel good, because it doesn't look good, right? Because it doesn't work in what our realm of this is good reference is, right? We'll retreat from it. Right. That's a powerful teacher. How many teachers have I overlooked in my life? I can tell you a lot of them. Because it just didn't feel good. I believe it's a little different for me. I have a, a really unique background. With my very first marriage, I was young. Basically, my church did not recognize my marriage. I took off at the age of 19 because I got pregnant. And I didn't want to tell my parents. I told my mom, but I didn't tell my dad. We took off and we ended up in Las Vegas with another person that came on the trip with us. And we were in Las Vegas for a whole month. The parents were tracking us and looking all over the place for wondering where we were. And I believe they hired a private investigator and they discovered where we were and they brought us back home. We wanted to get married and really the conversation that his parents had with was that they wanted me to have an abortion. Well, I wasn't going to do that. I refused to have that abortion. My parents and his parents got together for a meeting one day. (laughs) It was discussed that we would get married. We ended up going to Mexico. We got married. But when I came back, our church actually did not even recognize the marriage, which another question in my mind was, how could that be? How does that happen? We were both young. And I think part of the problem with our marriage was that his parents really did not want me to be his wife. I'd say they felt that I wasn't up to par to be in their group of people, I guess. But after the baby was born, my oldest daughter, after she was born, they fell in love with her. So it kind of changed things for us, but still. 
two years and having moved to Hawaii because my son was four months old at the time that we moved to Hawaii and we stayed in Hawaii, my marriage fell apart after that. So we ended up in divorce. Having said that, I have never really had the kind of relationship I wanted to have. I've failed at that. I think that I'm literally at a point now where I do enjoy relationships with both men and women. I'm not looking for that life partner. I'm enjoying where I'm at today with who I am. Having that my second marriage was recognized in the church and he had passed away, I'm really okay with where I'm at today. And I do have a lot of relationships that I do enjoy, but they're online, (laughs) long distance, so... (laughs) I don't know how to explain that feeling. It's just a feeling where I feel okay with where I'm at today. Marsha, I've got to tell you, girl, like. (laughs) (laughs) So many surprises come popping out at you (laughs) when you get to know me, huh? I just don't be ready for it, but i got to tell you, it takes my breath away, and it makes me so happy to see you falling in love with you. I love it. I love it. Different perspective time. Question. Uh-oh. When you hear the term China pattern, China pattern, when you hear the words China patterns, what pops up? The China patterns? I don't know. <laughs> I realize this might sound like a, a non sequitur, but there's a, as you know, there's always a method to my madness. <laughs> Right, that's said, my origin anyway. <laughs> China pattern. I hell, I just think of of these dishes that most people go all this pomp and circumstance over the tradition of it and how precious it is. Whereas I just look at it as a bunch of dishes that get set up in a, a cabinet that collect dust and do nothing that's sitting away for me. I don't really get it, but most people like you know are all fawning over it. That's what I thought. Okay, who else? Hmm. I was thinking of Chinaware uh, dishes. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. I'm thinking of what's going on in China. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The first word that comes to mind for me is marriage. Because I can remember being really young, and everybody's talking about, well, when you get married, you need to choose a China pattern. Now, I never really understood why you need to choose a China pattern, but that's what I associate with. Hmm. See? Pop and we have China. Pants. We have China, but who I gave it to? <laughs> and it's up in the cabinet collection. Get away. We're adding things to the perspective soup here. Good. They all apply. Anything else? When you eat off of China, are you more conscious of the fact that you're eating off something special? I probably should be, but uh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. And as much as I love dishes, no. A plate's a plate for me. Yeah. Now that you say that, because my ex-husband bought me a really beautiful set of china, and I use it only at Christmas time. Christmas time is when I make prime rib and crab legs. I treat it as though it's something very delicate and very special. Now we're getting there. Now we're getting there. We're warming up to where I'm going. Keep going. Interesting. (laughs) Hmm. I know. I'm with you, Julia. Hmm. They're like, oh, so I'll cut to the chase. Just and yeah, let's out. get to it, buddy. Let's <laughs> get to it. <laughs> yes, please. I've tried to rattle your cages just to see if you might trip into it, but oh, okay, fine. <laughs> what are we focusing on in Chapter 4? What have we been talking about Chapter 4? Patterns. 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 Our timeline. We've been talking about blatant, blatant, blatant <clears throat> patterns like doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. Right? Right. 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 But there's also really subtle, fine, delicate, respected patterns as well. True or false? True. 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 What's an example of a fine, delicate pattern that you give reference to in your life? Hmm. 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 I'll kick it off with a couple of calls. I challenged Patty directly. I asked you, Patty, to afford yourself the same compassion 
that you give others to yourself. True? Yes. And have I? No. That fine pattern that you observe with other people, what's up with it with it being less observed for yourself? You're discounting yourself by not observing that. I'm by far nowhere near I, where I want to be with that. I see myself valuing myself more now and valuing what I want versus what I think other people want. And I think you just hit it on the head for me. I don't value myself. Hmm. But you're getting there, Patty. You're getting there. Something that I have, hmm. well, I think of it subtle. However, Saul, when you pointed out, it seems like a rock of Gibraltar. But <laughs> my tendency to be hard on myself, I find that I'm giving myself much more compassion lately with saying, oh, thank Christina, you missed that one. And it's okay because now you know better, you can do better. See, Christina, that's where to this day I'm still beating myself up and saying, what the hell is wrong with you? Why can't you get this right? You have to forgive yourself. Hmm. That whole not forgiving ourselves for being human, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think is one of the largest things that holds us back in our lives. You make a mistake and you, you feel the guilt and you beat yourself up for years. Oh, I do. And other people aren't even thinking about it anymore. You have to forgive yourself. There's two things that are just like went running through my mind. First one is, Patty, that question that you ask. I ask it almost every day. <laughs> That's the thing. I ask that question of myself just about every single day. Let me ask you, are you asking that question in a passionate way? Like, are you trying to beat yourself up? Are you beating yourself up? Or are you truly asking the question with the intention of exploring for the answer? Um, no, I ask myself that question more out of anger and frustration. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? So do you find that to be a compassionate action towards yourself? No, no, no. Maybe you should ask a different type of question. Like, what's good with you? What good qualities do you have? Patty, we're turning into a let's coach Patty moment here. So let's fine tune this. Patty. You coach people, don't you? Patty, your current role is in a managerial position, yeah? Yes. So you are a manager? Yes, that is my title. So let's take Patty the manager, talking to Patty the employee, same person. And Patty the employee comes to Patty the manager and says, Patty, I can't seem to just stop beating myself up. What am I supposed to do? What would Patty, the manager, tell Patty, the employee, to do? Patty, the manager, would say, I want you to look at the qualities that you have. I want you to look at your accomplishments. I want you to look at the things that you are doing right now in your job, in your life, that you're doing positive and that you're making work. Bam. That's what you need to say to yourself. And what would Patty, the employee, say? Patty, me, I'm going to put me as the employee. I'm going to say what I have been saying. I'm not making anything work. Where am I going with this, Patty? Well, that is most days how I feel. Patty, you're offering us a very extraordinary example of our internal analyzer at utter and complete all-out thermonuclear war with our explorer. Is it safe to say, Patty, am I assuming correctly that you've got a battle raging inside you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. And is it safe to say that that raging battle somehow, because when you share that battling raging with other people, other people are paying attention to you, and that's what you're seeking is attention? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, attention, just to be accepted. So if Patty, the manager realizes that she's got Patty, the drama queen, who needs to have drama always going on in her life so that people are paying attention to her, and Patty, the manager, isn't giving Patty, the drama queen, attention, what is Patty, the drama queen, going to do? Patty, the drama queen, is going to go away. (sighs) Or create more drama. Or create drama. Or create drama. Yeah, just drown it out and drown it out to where you're going to... And Patty, the employee, 
is going to fall into a depression state that, yeah, will eventually just fade away. Is that what you want? No. No, because so that's what I've always allowed myself to do is just fade away. Does that serve your goals? I'm making no. an assumption that you do not want to fade away. Is that assumption correct? That assumption is very correct. And no, that is not something that I want to do. But it's, it, as you said, it's been a battle, and I guess I just have never really realized or woke up to how to win the battle. I don't need to fight it anymore because it's a battle that just doesn't exist. Bingo. As a team, Patty, we can be here for you as much as you want, but at some point, each of us recognize that until you're ready right, right, to say yes. full stop, full stop, there's no amount of support we can give you that will help you. Right. It's got to come from me. It's got to start with me. Team Clary, I realize I got just a little real with Patty, and I realize that that's still rippling throughout our conversation. I see in Patty, Patty is a powerful teacher to me, and here's why. One of my Achilles heels one of my hardest learning lessons is I see each of you where you want to be. The clairvoyance that I have, I see each of you doing what you absolutely love doing in a place where you love doing it. Life could not possibly be better. That's where I see you right now. And that clouds my vision, that puts a whole bunch of expectations on you where you are right now. And because of that, I'm learning, a very good example is Julia. When Julia decided to start canvassing and possibly pulling her own team together, I supported that full on because I saw Julia having well over 30, 40 people on her team just, just coming out of nowhere wanting to sign up and be part of her team. I mean, that's Julia in the future. And in that, Julia in the future put so much pressure on Julia in the present, it caused Julia great stress. And for that, I am sad. And it has taught me that I need to be remembering that even though I can see each of you where you are going and celebrate that royally, I need to be grounded where each of you are right now in order for me to be of best service to you. That's powerful. Very powerful. Now, I'm very happy to hear you say that, Soul, because I do value you as a person and the relationship that we have. And even though we never really got down to talking about the reasons, just so happy that you understand. Much of my learning curve, I think, even though I've never been a biological parent to a, another being, I've never sired a daughter or son, in many ways, each of you are part of my family. I look at you as part of who I am to be responsible to. And just like any proud parent and grand, grandparent, there's not one of you who won't go on endlessly about the great things that your children or grandchildren have done, true? Very true, very true. <laughs> See, I have it somewhat upside down. You, as a parent or grandparent, talk about what your children have done, right? Yes, yes. I'm busy talking about what you will do. That's awesome. And what you will do will change every hour of every day going forward. There are no expectations here in my mind. Christina, what is this timeline doing in relationship to your awareness of your muting? It's showing me. It's really reminding me. I, I don't, I hadn't been conscious. Like, I hadn't been aware that I had muted myself for basically most of my life. So now I'm at this point where I feel kind of like that rebel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure you guys are, are familiar with that rebel 
that just wants to bust out and do the opposite of what they're saying, that what they're told to do or whatever. Like, like right now in my life, I'm rallying away from any notion of muting myself, any notion of dimming my light, any notion of not stepping fully into me. Like, I'm just kicking that out the door like, oh, hell no. It's not going down like that anymore. And I'm intuitively doing it. I'm naturally doing it as natural progression of the work that we're doing. This timeline has really revealed that to me in an awareness that makes me pretty proud, actually. A fine composer, a really good DJ, a really good facilitator, speaker, will pace the music, the presentation, the process, to build you into a crescendo, right? Where you're dancing your fanny off, where every pore in your body is going, yes, you are alive, you feel it, every corpuscle is pounding, and you're like, you're going to climax. And then, equally, they bring you back down to build you up to yet another crescendo. True or false? True. True. Keeps you engaged. Is it safe to say that when you're in that crescendo moment, I feel in a crescendo moment I can take over the world. I'm invincible. I can do whatever the hell I want, whenever the hell I want to. Damn the torpedoes, full speed ahead. True? Yep. 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 Ladies. You're building a crescendo. I'm mindful that as you're building your crescendos, that as you get into that energy of I am able to do whatever I want to do right now, that you temper it with a mindfulness of pacing. You temper it with a mindfulness of savoring, of planning, so that you can get the sweetest result with the least amount of effort. That makes a lot of sense. Am I being way too esoteric here? Is this making any sense? Yes, it does. Yep. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. Almost 55 years old, I finally want to savor my life and what I have. Yeah. You're rebirthing. Do you feel like you're rebirthing yourselves right now? Yes. Yes. Amen. <laughs> I've had a number of people tell me that on the day that they finish their timeline for the first round, they consider that to be a birthday. Yeah. It definitely feels that way for me. It's as if I suffered amnesia. I can see that also. There are huge parts of my marriage that I have no memory of. No. Well, as I have done and pretty well have, you just don't want to feel it anymore, so you just totally... Oh, Patty, 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 Patty. Talking about I, are you... <laughs> yeah. You just block you it out. You just did a fine example of how you allow yourself to cycle to repeat. Wow. This has been amazing today. Patty, just to make sure that you caught that, if I use an I statement, then I'm owning that and I'm fully... I'm fully embracing my part in that. But if I, I use a you statement, then I'm projecting, all right. I, I, I didn't want to feel the hurt anymore, so I blocked it out. Exactly. I hit delete button. And what I was pointing out to Christina, that delete button that created this huge, blank, gaping hole on her timeline. Mm-hmm. So pointed out to me the importance of recognizing I could go through and I could do all of that work and analyzing and crushing myself and beating myself up trying to fill in this space. Or I could allow that space to be as it is, just an empty space on my timeline. Not just an empty space, but an empty space on my timeline. So that it has that reference and that visual reminder that when I'm going forward in my life and I come across another empty space, I have a, a reference, an anchor. I can say, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. I had an empty space in my timeline before. Let me go back. And what is it? 
So then I can make that choice. Do I want another empty space or do I want to explore and go forward? Okay, okay. I just wanted to add on to what Christina was saying. Well, when I was going through that timeline and it was something that I didn't want to go through because I, I just felt like I was having to relive some bad moments in my life. It wasn't something where I needed to just take that emotion and just run with it. The timeline for me was having to deal with what I went through in my past, reflected on how I played a role in it, which was 90% of it, and I realized that I can't control what other people say or do. I can only control myself. So in that process, I went through the timeline because the time I realized, not based on emotion, but that I realized mentally that it was good for me. So I wasn't going to act on the emotion itself. So sometimes I get afraid and I'm a little bit hesitant, but it doesn't mean that it's not good for me. I have to look at the overall picture and realize that I benefit from doing a timeline, from doing things that I don't want to do. I can't base my actions on an emotion, the fear, the, the unknown, the having to change. This was an emotion that I had to face, and I was able to make decisions that were beneficial to me as a woman, as a business owner, as a mother. And going through that timeline helped me tremendously to this day, that I have no regrets. Excellent example of there's no right way or wrong way to do this. I'll offer another perspective to this. The goal of this timeline is to harvest wisdom. Harvest wisdom. I can recall once upon a time, back in my early 30s, I was allowed to be one of the students of someone who everyone was like quite amazed because that particular teacher, the type of people that that particular teacher was normally associated with, I I was nowhere near, nowhere near that category, nowhere near that category. And I was extraordinarily aware of the fact that I am the outlier, the oddball in his his group. And this particular teacher started teaching me something that I thought I knew. It would be like me telling you, I'm going to teach you how to add 2 plus 2. Right? 2 plus 2 equals 4 in your mind. True? Yes. 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 But if the Dalai Lama sat down in front of you, or the Pope, or the President of the United States, or some other really major figure that you give extraordinary deference to, and they sat down in front of you, literally physically in front of you, and started teaching you how to add 2 plus 2, what would you do? I would look at him like he has a third eye on his forehead. What would you do? Why is he teaching me 2 plus (laughs) 2? That's That's what I'd be wondering. (laughs) Come on, what else? Shake it loose. Would you doubt your own ability to add? No. No. Did you tell him that? Yes. Yes, I would. <laughs> At what point, Marsha? After I added 2 plus 2 for him and showed him that I can add 2 plus 2 for myself. But then then this person, she or he, sits down and says, well, that's all well and good, Marsha, but let me show you how to add 2 plus 2. Then he'd have me doubting, I, th- I guess. Or I, I don't know if it'd be doubt or if it'd be, I'd be wondering, is this a new way? To add two plus two. Harvesting wisdom. Part of me, what I look for, masters, mastery, people who I believe I can learn great things from, are people who recognize what my skills are, honors them equally, and then fine-tunes them. They're not scared of my own wisdom. In fact, they seek it out. With those thoughts in mind, extrapolate. What are we doing on our timeline? What am I asking you all to do as you go through this timeline? You're asking us to see where we had teachers back then that shared wisdom with us. And maybe at that time we did not see that wisdom, but can we see it now? Mm -hmm. That's a good start. What else? I'm asking each of you to step into your own confidence. Step into your own wisdom, such that when another life lesson comes along, when another 
painful situation begins to crop up, when another unbalanced situation begins to present itself, your wisdom goes, oh, wait a minute, I think I've watched this movie. I know what the outcome was in the last movie. I certainly don't want that outcome in this movie. But then again, there are variables that have changed. I'm a little older. I'm a little wiser. You can sniff the lesson coming at you. True? True. Yeah. I want you to begin to look at your timeline. Take that timeline in. Look at it daily, especially before you go to bed. Just look at it like you admire a piece of artwork. Roll it out, look at it, and then roll it back up and go to bed. Let the subconscious go to work on it. I guarantee you, in the morning, possibly in the shower, or some other mindless activity like driving to work, you're going to go, kabam! <laughs> Hopefully you don't rear in somebody. <laughs> Allow this timeline to help you harvest your wisdom. Every bit of wisdom harvest is additions to your wisdom bank. Yeah? Yes. Allowing us to harvest this, like doing the timeline like this, is like owning crazy amounts of Apple stock. Yep. It's a real good analogy. I like that. <laughs> then I would be able to write me a trillion dollar check that's taxable, baby, in a good way. <laughs> you can own that. <laughs> great class today. I really enjoyed the discussion with everybody and it's funny how every time I get into a class there's like more and more people discovering who I am. <laughs> My past and it's kind of a good mm -hmm. feeling for me to not have to hide things anymore. I'm not going to hide anymore. This timeline for me and just this whole discussion just helps with realizing that people are going to treat you the way that you allow them to treat you. And the, the word is allow. And that's a good comment. I would just add to that for myself, at least, that literally me, me treating me better, me giving me more compassion, starting with me, I don't project that I will have many people treating me otherwise. If I treat me with respect, when I treat me with love and compassion, Others are going to treat me the same. Exactly. We're going to be mindful at the, these next couple of weeks. What we're doing is really we're taking stock in, in what, what's going on with this timeline. Mm -hmm. We're going to remember yeah. we're getting ready to start planning our futures. So in doing that, it's it's really important. I know for me, I've had so many bad gym ahas just kind of just flooding me, and I haven't been mindful of writing them down. Uh, I have some that I've shared on video and stuff, thank goodness, but I haven't been very mindful of writing them down. So I'd just like to remind everyone the importance of always having your journal or something on you that you can write this down, even an audio recording on my phone. Note these aha moments because we're planning our future here. We're plugging in to our subconscious to do that work for us by looking at that timeline. So you never know when it's going to pop up that you're going to get that aha moment. It's going to help you plan your future, right? Right. So be mindful of that. Have that in your journal. Put that in your blog so that you have that record to help you plan for your future, all right? Sounds good. Thank you. Awesome call today, ladies. I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was great. Thanks for listening. As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help people get serious about removing blocks to success. Blocks like doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. As you've just heard, our team is both real and serious about being the best that we can be. How about you? Are you ready? Are you ready to remove these blocks in your life? As you can see, I'm very serious about helping you live your life with less stress and more success. Call me at 423-737-5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 so that we can talk about your next steps.
to help you take those steps, you're welcome to listen to our library of over 200 very powerful on-demand shows downloadable just for you at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And before you go, let's continue this conversation in the comment box below. I look forward to talking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for pay radio, radio worth listening to. Have a great day. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.